Welcome back to Cartels, Conspiracies, and Camarena. I'm Jack Llewellyn. Thank you again for joining me. Before uh, we get into our discussion for today, I wanted to uh, have a little personal note. My daughter started sixth grade today, so last week, Wednesday through Sunday, we took a road trip through the desert southwest. So over five days, we did about 2,200 miles, and we saw arches in Moab. We saw canyon land in Moab. We went to Antelope Canyon and did the upper and lower canyons, which is unbelievable. Uh, absolutely, highly recommend it. It's right outside of Page, Utah. Uh, we did... Horseshoe Bend, which is also outside of Page. We did the Grand Canyon. We um, saw the largest and best preserved meteorite crater on Earth, which is outside of Winslow, Arizona. And yes, I did in fact stand on a corner in Winslow, Arizona and uh, have evidence of it through pictures my daughter took, but had a wonderful time. Needless to say, during those five days, my normal preparation for these episodes was disrupted a little bit. Couple that with a temporarily lost transcript and the plan that I announced last week that we were going to talk about Lawrence Victor Harrison and his testimony in the two Zuno criminal trials that went out the window. So we're going to take a little bit of a detour and still look at those trials, but we're going to look at two different witnesses. And we may be a little bit shorter than usual today. If we are, once again, I blame it on taking the road trip with my daughter. So forgive me if you will. Before we actually talk about these witnesses, though, I want to remind everybody what we're trying to do here. Okay. Almost everything that we've done that relates in, at all to the Camarena case, and as we're going to do over the next few week, weeks as we continue to talk about the trial and the trial testimony, there's really three objectives in my mind. Number one is to counter the false narratives that are out there. Whether they be intentionally false narratives, and I put the last narc in that bucket, or dramatic false narratives such as Narcos Mexico. But to change the perception that some people have as to events that, you know, have been claimed to have occurred that just didn't occur how they've been portrayed or described. So that's number one. Number two is I want to continue to question, not criticize necessarily, but question the government's efforts in connection with the Camarena case over the years, including the prosecutions most prominently in the two Zuno trials. Then the hope is that those first two objectives help us with the third, 
which is to continue to explore and try to answer some of the remaining unanswered or open questions with respect to the Camarena case, as we've talked about in the past. So with that in mind, today we're going to talk about the trial testimony of two people, Enrique Placencia Aguilar, and then we'll also talk about Frank Redemosa. Starting with Enrique Placencia Aguilar, he testified in Zuno 1 only. Okay? Some very interesting things about him that I want um, want us to focus on. First of all, it's interesting to note that he served as an intermediary between Hector Boreas with the DEA in Los Angeles and Hector Cervantes Santos in Mexico. And he gave money from Boreas to Santos uh, or to Cervantes at different times in order to help Cervantes get to the United States um, and various things. So that is interesting. And then it's interesting also when you learn that uh, here's here's some a question and answer. You say you worked with Mr. Cervantes Santos in the preventive police. Is that the appropriate term? Well, it's a branch, the preventive of the preventive police. And you worked with him in 1981. Is that right? Yes. Did you remain in that branch during the entire period of time, all of 1981? Yes. And you were a superior to Mr. Cervantes. Yes. And Mr. Garate Bustamante was the commandant of that unit. Yes. So think about this. Remember how critical Cervantes is. We had the first trial with Rene Verdugo and others. No talk about a conspiracy. None. Cervantes is the first one who brings up government officials, military people, etc. He's brought to the United States through Garate with Placencia Aguilar acting as an intermediary at different times with Hector Breas, and they all served together. They all knew each other. Okay. Again, that doesn't mean that anything they said was necessarily not true, but it just creates this image of Garate saying, I need somebody to present to the DEA. Oh, I can use people who worked under me in the police in the past. I can use Cervantes. I can use Placencia. Placencia, who was Cervantes' supervisor. We can, you know, you've got this nice little easy chain. All right. A couple of other things that of note, and then we'll get into something interesting. So, Placencia agrees that in cross-examination that he had 
um, been an informant for the DEA since about 1987. In January 1990, he gets relocated to um, the United States. He receives money um, from the United States. They eventually ask him, how much money have you received from the DEA? An approximation is forty to forty-five thousand okay. dollars. So, you've got somebody who, you know, has been paid um, a significant amount of money as part of his involvement in the Zuno cases, the Zuno trial, Zuno one, and for being an informant for the DEA. Two other things that we want to talk about with respect to Placencia Aguilar. Placencia talks about a December 1984 meeting where the DEA agent causing trouble was discussed. What's interesting is if you put all the pieces together, this appears to be a different meeting than any meeting Cervantes Santos spoke about or any of the meetings testified to or discussed by Godoy and Lopez Romero. Each of those two, Lopez Romero and Cervantes, each talked about five different meetings. This one is a separate meeting and it includes, or that makes 11. Okay. So here's the question and his answer. Now, back in December of 1984, when you were at Mr. Fonseca's house, a photograph of Agent Camarena was passed around and discussed. Is that correct? Yes. And there was some discussion about possibly kidnapping this agent at that time, wasn't there? Answer. There was talk about killing him. The talk was serious, was it not? Yes. In and of itself, that testimony is interesting, but think about the rest of the trial. Think about all the discussions at trial, 